comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audiblechild.com slash outnowpodcast. Over 150,000 titles to choose from for your Android, iPhone, Kindle, or MP3 player. This week on Out Now with Aaron and Abe, we're talking Maleficent. I hope it's dark and scary. I hope it's ghouly and ghastly? And jolie Wait a minute, I forgot my introduction. We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe! Guten Tag! Out Now is a film podcast, where Abe and I discuss new movies weekly. We also have fun covering various movie topics with a main, mostly spoiler-free review sandwich right in the middle. This is episode 153. 153. Boom. Nine. <laughs> and this week we are talking about the new Disney film Maleficent, starring Angelina Jolie in her return to screen in the first time in four on screen in front of the camera for the first time in four years. Um, joining us tonight, we have from Fast Film Reviews, currently looking for a way to grow his tree monster guard into a more intimidating size. It's Mark Hoban. Hi everyone. And from TheExaminer.com, a recent grad with his eyes set on ruling his own kingdom. It's Marcus Robinson. Hello. Thank you. For sure. Congratulations, yeah, Marcus. Congratulations. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Welcome to so the much. club? Welcome, welcome to the club. <laughs> yeah. Question mark? Some of us have been in that club for a while. I don't know. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> what did you, you, you finish off in? What, Dance Academy? Is that right, Marcus? Yeah. Basket weaving. Basket weaving. Basket weaving. <laughs> oh, I, did, I was at UC Santa Barbara, so that's underwater yeah, I was like, basket I think weaving. UC <laughs> <laughs> Santa Barbara. We did it at the beach on our surfboard. Underwater basket weaving. Uh, uh, film. Film, very, very good, cool. very cool. Yeah. And you, uh, you've worked on some films, haven't you? I believe so that's what. Uh, 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 <laughs> you're saying you're not going to provide us those YouTube links? Is that what? Uh, <laughs> send yeah, over. When is Marcus. that coming out? I mean, oh yeah, huh? yeah. When's it wide wide release? Yeah, I, I, I'm 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 working on some stuff. Oh man, when Abe and I oh. put together our commentary for one of Marcus Robinson's films, it's gonna be, oh, gonna be the best. It's gonna be the best. It's gonna oh. be so meta. I can't wait to talk about the trailer. Can I can I be on that one? Yeah, of course. Yes. <laughs> what who else do we have, Marcus? Like, I'm still trying to get Michael Keaton for our upcoming Batman commentary, so if you can get on for our one of your movies. <laughs> Alright. I feel like we're doing pretty good. I don't feel like you need to ask that question, because it's such a riveting question to ask, but I feel like you're gonna say good and I'll be fine. So, um, moving on. Um, I did mention the commentary just now. We have some new commentaries are in the works. I feel like, if anything, we'll be doing one some one a month from now on. I think that's actually a good goal, that because I know myself and and Brand, friend of the show, Brandon Peters, like we seem to be pretty much ready to do commentaries whenever. And if Abe can ever make the time, yeah, it's great. Love having Abe on with the commentaries. Yeah. And of course, Scott Mendelson's like Scott Mendelson and Jim Dietz are like our like our go to like co guests on the commentary. So it's always fun to do those. But uh, providing the knowledge. Instead of teasing it out, I will say that we will be doing a Batman uh, 1989 commentary uh, in June because it is celebrating its uh, 30th or um, 25th anniversary, um, which I think is a cool thing. And why not talk about the Batman? First movie you saw in theaters with your mom, right? First movie I saw in theaters. First, my for my earliest memory in life is seeing ah. Batman in movie theaters. So, yeah. <laughs> um, 
let alone it's you know both one of Brandon and Scott Mendelson's favorite movies, which we talked about. So yeah, yeah, and that's just a good movie to talk about. It is. It's fun. Speaking of good things that happen to cool people, um, iTunes reviews ratings good to get those. Helps out the show, helps other people find the show, and I have been talking about how we've been doing a raffle. We will, we would be doing a raffle for you know people that sent us lovely iTunes reviews, and we'd be you know sending them a prize. Of course, they'd have to just email in, and I did the raffle. I so let me go through this process because this was very, this is very involved. I had to, um, I took all, I took all the reviews that we had, all, all the reviews that we had. I assigned a number to each of them. And luckily we had 20 reviews, so it's like, well, that's easy to do. Um, oh, so the, the odds are pretty good. The odds are pretty good. So I You're in your my, favor. So I have my number generator app on my phone where you can kind of put a scale in and then just press the button and it'll like choose a random number. So in this case, it went 1 through 20. And so I did that, and I got, and I got the two numbers I needed, and I looked at the numbers based on you know whose name corresponds with said number. And I got these two answers right here. These are the two iTunes usernames that won the raffle. One is Acevedo Jr., <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, and the other is Shalem B, who I'm pretty sure is Shalem, who was happy enough to design our current logo a lot of our stuff. in our 150th episode <laughs> podcast banner logo, which is really cool. So yeah, Azevedo Jr., Shalem B, I'm pretty sure you guys know who you are. Uh, feel free to email us an address that we, I can send out a prize to because I got plenty of Blu-rays. That I just have sitting on my like on my desk, like waiting to be sent out to out and out now podcast they winners. They could be unopened. They could be unopened. <laughs> yeah. Some of them are signed by Aaron himself. See, now I got to sign them. Babe. Thanks for that. I was gonna take me like four seconds. What I think I have that time? Four seconds. Oh, I, I mean, now that you're a big, big Hollywood hit, maybe not. <laughs> yeah. <Good. laughs> Over here, hobnobbing it with movie stars. <laughs> um, let's move on. But congratulations. Congratulations. Guys. Yeah. Yay. And you know. We 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 love having contests and things and sending out prizes to you know listeners of the show. So we'll be having yeah. more of those in the future, uh, probably with our next commentary. As we always tend to put secret words at the end of our commentaries, and if you email those <laughs> in at outnowpodcast at gmail dot com, you tend to win something. Yes, because it's very just, easy to do. Yeah, especially because we just we assume that people give up like halfway into the commentary, but those that like stay on to the end are like, hey, you get a reward. So there you go. Um, the password is it's the. It's the show that gives back to its listeners. Exactly. That's yeah. that's what Ace well, like, is trying to put out as a tagline forever. I just keep well, saying TM. No. TM. <laughs> TM. Okay. Let's move on now. Let's get to know everybody. Where each week we ask each other a few questions to try to get to better know everybody. Um. So with that said, I'm going to start this one off, and then I'll throw it to Abe because only okay. us have questions. Here it is. What kind of creature would you morph into given the chance? That's open to everybody. Mm. I don't know why. The first thought is a chameleon, and not because I can like, not because I can like, you know, be invisible or whatever. It's just because the eyes were cool and like the tongue sticking out was cool. I like how you couldn't like quite think of what chameleons do. So you're like, be invisible or whatever it is. That classic power that animals have: be invisible. <laughs> They're just very slow and they look very cool. They're just like, yeah, um, man, not bothered by anything. I, I think uh... I do some something a little bit more mythological, like a griffin. Ooh, you know, oh, wow. I like that. That's cool. Like the what is it? Like the body of a lion and the wings of an eagle. It's an pretty cool. Does uh, does Wolverine count as a cr- creature? He's certainly a Wolverine. Or okay, there we go. <laughs> <Whoa>. All right. <laughs> I'll morph into Wolverine. Now, Abe, so you say would it be like a like a regular size, like a small chameleon, or like a yeah, large, yeah, like human like size chameleon? So it's like Rango, not like a yes. giant. Yeah, like, not like a giant monster that Godzilla would have to fight. 
We'll see. Isn't even that? I mean, there's like a human size, like Camellia walking around. That'd be that'd be kind of weird. I mean, Wouldn't it? That'd almost be more scary, though, right? Like you see Godzilla, and you're like, all right, that's pretty big, like yeah. whatever. But you see like a, like a human sized Godzilla walking around, like or like driving your like you get in a taxi and then Godzilla's there. It's like, oh no, it's Godzilla. He's driving. You wouldn't want him to get into your taxi because his spikes would always mess up your seats. <laughs> wow. Hey, wait, can I can I change mine? Yeah. yeah. Moving on. I'll, uh, yeah, uh, I'll, 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 I'll morph into uh, Ryan Gosling. Okay. What are we doing? Okay. <laughs> All right, my next question. Okay. <laughs> All right, it's for everybody here. So, Angelina Jolie has wings in this movie. Archangel has wings. Maleficent, Archangel. If you had wings, what would you call yourself, or what would be the name that was given to you? I'd just go Winged You. Winged You. Yeah, it sounds. <laughs> it sounds so, so, sounds like it could be an anime character, but it's just it's just a winged you. <laughs> I like that. Winged You. Winged You. We're gonna, we're gonna, I'm gonna start trending that right now. Okay, good. It's gonna be hashtag. <laughs> I have no clue. No. I'm just gonna say Griffin again. There you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it's the same that answer. Hard, that's Mark, Mark Griffin. Got it. Mark, Mark Griffin. <laughs> Mr. Griffin. Mr. Griffin. Mr. Griffin, can I get you a coffee, please? <laughs> <laughs> Griffin, yeah. P. Tear Griffin. Griffin. Man, that's when I watched Family Guy and it was hilarious because of Griffin yeah. appeared. <laughs> All right, let's move on. That's how, that's how I know everybody. That's how you play everybody. Let's get to Out Now Quickies. Yep. Each weekend Out Now, we ask each other. Yeah, that's not even a thing. <laughs> Hold on. That's, uh, that's the same question. That's the same question. Hold yeah. on. Let me back up there. Each weekend Out Now, we have one main movie that we talk about during the week. We have some other movies that we see during the week. That was why I didn't cook out with Joe Cookies. Yep. <laughs> That, that was, was, yeah, I, you've been practicing. That was faster. I had to yeah. spit it out after that, that colossal mishap. Um, Abe, have you seen yeah. any other movies this week? I did. I watched Neighbors. I caught up on that. Funny movie. Some parts some parts were kind of lulls, and uh, it's kind of long, but overall, I, I'd say, you know, rent it. Kind of long. I would even, I mean, that's what I like about it. It's so brisk. Is it? Yeah. It's not a it's not a Judd Apatow comedy. It's actually very short. Yeah. yeah. I know, I it's mean, only like an hour and forty seven minutes, but there was uh there were some times where I was thinking that it could be I don't really need to see this part. We'll talk about a long comedy in a second, but uh <laughs> <laughs> That's the only thing, yeah. Mark, any other movies this week? Yeah, I saw um The Lunchbox, which is an Indian Ooh. film, it was kind of a little uh relationship drama. Um, based upon these two people who don't know each other but start exchanging notes uh, via a lunchbox. And uh, it's very sweet. It's definitely, I would say, a great movie for the first two-thirds. And then it, it has an ending that I kind of felt wasn't as spectacular as everything else that came before it. Overall, I, I did enjoy the film, and I would I would recommend it. But... Um, yeah, it was just it, it really starts out quite great and then it doesn't quite finish as strongly as it begins. But but overall I enjoyed it and it, it's definitely worth checking out. Very cool. I've heard about that one and it's been playing around me for a while. I haven't gotten to check it out yet, but very good things. Uh Marcus, any movies this week? Um Uh let's see. Oh I, I saw Palo Alto. I don't know if you guys spoke about that. Well you're a huge James Franco fan, so Oh yeah. Okay, so this movie proves that <laughs> um it just because James Franco's in it doesn't mean it's interesting. 
it was I guess this was a, adapted from a, a series of short stories from James Franco and it's about some upper middle class teenagers that are super angsty and really talk about nothing for about an hour and a half and <laughs> then there's one storyline that's okay with Emma Roberts and uh where she's a high school student and uh she's in a relationship with James Franco the creepy soccer coach which is okay but the rest of the movie's kind of nothing and kind of like navel gazing and whatnot. So, you know, mm-hmm. don't yeah. see it. Not a, Frank- not a strong review for Palo Alto. Uh, James Franco uh, wrote it and he's in it, but he does no, not direct, correct? He, I guess he, I don't know if he takes writing credits. It's Gia Coppola who takes the writing. He he's has the story credits, I guess. Oh, okay. So it's it's adapted from his story, but yeah, she 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 wrote and directed the the film. But yeah, James Franco is the one responsible for the uh, the original short stories. Yeah, yeah, it should be quickly forgotten. <laughs> Plenty of Coppolas apparently. <laughs> Not an, I can't get enough Coppolas. They're all over. The yeah, place. I didn't know there was how many. It's like Wayne's Brothers. Yeah, <laughs> they're everywhere. <laughs> I like the Wayne's Brothers. <laughs> Does that make I'm gonna get you, sucker, the Godfather of the <laughs> of the Wayne's Brothers? Coppola Empire. <laughs> Don't be a menace is uh, obviously uh, Godfather Three. Uh, moving on. Um, I saw I saw a million ways to die in the West. I'm, I know Marcus has also seen. Oh yeah, yeah. ways to die in the West. Um, I'll bet I'll I'll start this off by saying I was a huge fan of Ted. I know I think all of us except Marcus on this podcast were a huge fan of fan of Ted. Oh, uh, Ted is great film. Here yeah. we go. Anybody... Okay. I'm not singling you out. I'm just well, I am kind of, but I'm saying I, I was a huge fan of Ted. I didn't I hate like, Ted. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but I say and I say that with with saying that like Seth MacFarlane, like I think he's a funny person. I think he's capable of very funny things. I think Family Guy's okay. I used to watch it more than I do now, which is none. But um, <laughs> I, I based off of Ted, I was really looking forward to Million Ways to Die in the West. I was very disappointed that I did not like it more. I It certainly has its moments, but unfortunately all those moments are in the trailer. I was upset by that quite a bit, and that's, that's, why, that's why I don't like watching Red Band trailers, because they give away everything. In this case, that proved to be true. What, um, what, I, re- what I said was correct, then. Yeah, pretty much. Um, the thing that you were looking forward to most is one of the biggest laughs in the movies. No! But the, what like bugged me about it is that if it's like, if it has those laughs, that's fine, but none of, like, those laughs, like, they aren't strong. Like, they aren't, like, huge laughs, and I was hoping there'd be, like, more of those. It's it's one of those things where someone says, all the best moments are in the trailer, and then you see the trailer, and you're like, really? Like, those are the best moments? I mean, there are some funny moments in the trailer, but it doesn't, it doesn't really look like, you know, spectacular. Like, well, you almost feel like they're saving something. There, there's a few funny things that aren't in the trip. I mean, I agree. I don't, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to give anything not... away, but the the biggest, I think, the biggest laugh for me, and I didn't laugh a whole lot. I was, I did the chuckle a minute kind of thing, which is more than I can say for Ted, which was really high and really low. But I thought there was this there, uh, uh, um, what, what's his name, um, the mustache read, Neil Patrick Harris. Neil Patrick Harris. He had a scene. Were a defecation scene, and I'm not going to give anything away. But you've already that given was all hilarious. of it away. I didn't give all of it away, but no, it was hilarious. That yeah, was probably I, the only time that I really laughed out loud. I yeah, I would. I mean, obviously, there's more laughs than just two minutes that are seen in a trailer. I can agree with that. 
But the other issue I have is that those laps are really spaced out. Like, there's a lot of time in between these, like, what are supposedly big laps in the movie. And what's neat is that it's, from a filmmaking standpoint, there's a lot to admire from what Seth MacFarlane's doing. I think it's a yeah. real, it's a, it's paced like a Western, which is not the greatest thing to say, I guess, for today's audiences, because Westerns are generally slow. But, like, instead of, like, action and cool moments, you have, you have comedy. But it's a Western, so it's like, Here's 20 minutes of vistas and great looking shots of the scenery and this tremendous score. Yeah. And I there was really an intro that was it w- it belonged in like something like the Searchers. Yeah, it's it a was great. Like it's a, it's two great minutes intro. long and it's great, but it's there's just nothing but intro. You, you say you say that like a western is paced really slow, but I think I mean if it's a good western, it's not paced slow. I mean no 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 no. I'm not saying I, this would no no. Be, I'm, no I'm commenting on what uh, Aaron said. I'm saying it from the sense of what I'm ex- what I know modern audiences are going to expect, and I know they're not going to go into a million ways yeah, to die in the west from the director, of Family Guy, and the creator, and and Ted, and think, man, I can't wait to see this this old school western film that happens to have laughs in it. They're thinking they're going to get a joke a minute comedy like they do with everything else that Seth MacFarlane puts out. Right. And so well, from I, that perspective, I, I can see why it didn't do that well this weekend, let alone doesn't have great work, didn't get great word of mouth going in. I respect, I, again, I admire what he's doing because I think he's, he clearly wants to be a good filmmaker along with, you know, happening to throw in some of this comedy stuff. It's just, there's not enough of it for me for making this movie more engaging. There's an issue that he doesn't integrate the Western aspect and the comedy aspect together all that well. So like you said, there's, there's comedy sections and then there's big western sections Mm -hmm. and they're both done well but coming together is an issue here yes we can both agree on that it's uneven that's basically the but i thought there was a lot more chuckles throughout i'm not gonna say i laughed out loud a lot because i didn't but there's a lot of consistent chuckles throughout which if i'm gonna just touch on ted real quick i i laughed out loud in ted but then there was about 20 minutes where I didn't, and then there was about 10 minutes where I did, and then there was seven minutes where I didn't, and it was just back and forth and back and forth and back and forth, where this was more consistent, but I didn't have that laugh out loud 10-minute moment where I did with, with Ted. And it's fair enough. I mean, it's comedy. And Flash like, Gordon. It's, it's, yeah, it's Flash Gordon. It's comedy, so it's like hard to like tell, you know, it's hard to like recommend what you think is going to be funny, but for me, it's just, it, it just watching Million Ways, there was a lot of like silence in the theater, and a theater that you know was happy to laugh when there were jokes, but it's like this is just this is just uncomfortable at some point. Yeah, but... I think that that was more of people were expecting Ted. They were they wanted well, they're uh, expecting more funny. More... They're funny they comedy. Wanted ma- they're they, they, they wanted they wanted masturbation jokes. They wanted all that stuff like that, and those things come. But it's a lot of like observational. Yeah. Those, the, um, it's a lot of observation. <laughs> there was a double entendre there that I just. Children, listen. Look at. Don't listen. Those things. Those things do arise. But yeah, exactly. Come on. Um, but, oh, guys. Um, okay. I know. I feel like Neil Patrick Harris. But um, it's like we staged they, this. There's a lot of observational humor. There's a lot of observational humor here that is very well scripted and very. If it was a stand-up act, it would do really well. I think the audience coming into it is expecting of the commercial because the commercial is this pratfally, you know, thing. And this is this is more observational humor with a few pratfalls in there, but it's a lot of observational kind of quirky, you know, him back and forth with Neil Patrick Harris kind of stuff. And that I think I can appreciate that a little bit more, even though I didn't give this a great review. I can appreciate what he was trying to do. Fair enough. 
I mean, I, I, I also do appreciate what he was trying to do. I just, I wish it was funnier. That's kind of where I stand on. But, uh, I, you know, I still look forward to seeing more Seth MacFarlane movies just because I do think he actually is a good, a talented filmmaker. I'd like yes. to, I'd like to see him almost, not necessarily move away from comedy, but move towards being the movie that he wants to have as a whole and not, you know, more or less shoving in certain aspects to appease a certain crowd. That makes sense. And he, wa- and he, and, and I mean, I don't want to let this segment pass without saying that he is a really good leading man. He has great like, chemistry of Charlie's there. Surprisingly. So I think he's surprisingly good with everybody. He's he's very he can hold his own against he's got a lot of charisma. This, this he does have a lot of charisma. So I I didn't really expect that as much. Uh, uh uh I mean a lot of people may have you know pulled from the Oscars or whatever, but I think he has a lot of charisma on on screen as as the leading as a leading man. With no pupils or just pupils, he has he has really dark eyes. <laughs> Cold dead eyes, yeah. All right, let's move on now. That was on a quickie. Yeah. Let's move on now. Let's get to movie trailer talk, where each week we talk about some of the newest trailers and uh, what we what we think of them when they're coming out and what have you. And we have, given that we're talking about a Disney film this week, we have a new Disney trailer to talk about. Uh, it is called Big Hero 6. It is an animated superhero comedy based off a an, obs- an obscure Marvel property um, about a group of six superheroes that are recruited by the government to protect the nation. Um, it seems like, from the trailer, there's like a... A, a a young prodigy who like design held is involved in designing said robots in some way, and um, frankly, it just looks adorable. But that's where that's where I am. Um, Mark, what are your thoughts on the trailer for Big Hero? 6? Yeah, I mean, it it looks enjoyable. It's uh, from the you know same studio that brought us Frozen and uh, Wreck It Ralph, as well as countless other uh, great films. And um, I like. I like the fact that the trailer is just sort of a, a snippet of a scene and not like a whole collage of different things thrown at you. So it gives you a chance to kind of even kind of enjoy the character, the little bit that you see um, for the duration of the trailer. So, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely on board. Um, Marcus? Um, you know, I, get, I guess it's like a little teaser and it kind of really did nothing for me. I mean, it, it was OK. I like I saw it in the theater and everybody was laughing and i just i was kind of sitting waiting for maleficent to start so but it does i looked on i looked on the imdb page and it does have tj miller which is the star of my new favorite show silicon valley in it so my expectations are still high abe yeah i thought it was really adorable too and i thought that it was uh the soccer scene was was just killing me there and i think that it's going to do well i like record ralph and i hope that disney does what Pixar has been doing in the past, which is making some, uh, having some of these large emotional ties with it, and I hope that it does well. Yeah, I think what I like about this trailer most is that I seem to have an idea of what this movie's going for, as opposed to Frozen, which I like, obviously, but it, like, you know, the initial trailer was like, what movie is this? <laughs> like, I had no idea what I was getting into. You, I remember I you didn't care for that trailer. Because, it, yeah, it, it was... No, I don't, think, I don't think anyone of us cared for that. Yeah. that right, was right. Well, they, didn't, they didn't reveal a whole lot, so that was... It's like, is this a movie about a snowman and a about moose? About a snowman, yeah. Well, yeah. it's like, is that mixed with, like, the artwork I was seeing that implied, like, a darker, more traditional animated, like, Disney film, and then it's, like, this broad snowman kind of... It's like, what's happening? I had no idea what I was getting into. And then, you know... Big Hero 6, in the end, I feel like I have an idea already what I'm getting into. And if it could approach anything close to the Iron Giant, given that there's, you know robots and a little boy involved like hey like that's good right or even real steel 
Or even real, yeah, even real steel. Yeah. That's, oh, been on F, that's, that's been on that's that's been on FX a lot lately, and I keep seeing Let, clips of it. Let's hope more Iron Giant and less real yeah. steel. Starring Marcus Hugh Jackman. Because <laughs> he's the Wolverine. That's a that's a ten minute callback right there. That's what yes, I said. Um, yes. Had to make sure people good, were paying good attention. Knowledge, yeah, good keep knowledge. yeah, keep keeping them on. I'm touching my nose and then pointing to the screen on my computer right now. That's that's the signal that I'm giving. <laughs> uh, Big Hero 6 opens on November 7th uh, this year. Um, so yeah, let's move on now. Let's get to our uh, let's get to the big thing here. Let's get to our main movie review for Maleficent. shall bestow a gift on the child. Before the sun sets on her 16th birthday, she will fall into a sleep like death! Curious little beastie. Bring her to me. I know you're there. Don't be afraid. I am not afraid. Then come out. Then you'll be afraid. That should have been some of the trailer for Maleficent. This is the film that finds, as I said before, Angelina Jolie back in front of the camera for the first time in four years, starring as one of the most memorable Disney animated villains of all time. This film tells an alternate version of the Sleeping Beauty story, which, with a focus on Maleficent, who was once a kind fairy in her own land before men basically took very precious things away from her. Now she wants justice and goes about doing so, only to find that her heart may get in the way of her initial plans of retribution. That's a fun, very political way to say it. I, I like that. Yeah, yeah. With all that said, Marcus, are you a fan of the original Sleeping Beauty story? And what did you think on this live action take? Um, okay, so I'm not a huge fan of the Sleeping Beauty story. I mean, the original, it, it, it's super outdated, but... I think with this movie, it's this movie didn't wow me either, but I think it's 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 a series of like two highs and two lows. So the two highs in this movie are the reconstruction from uh, writer Linda Wolverton, Linda Wolverton, I don't yeah, know, yeah. Um, where she reconstructs a backstory which kind of gives a more realistic motive to the true love's kiss angle. Which I really, I really enjoyed. And the twist at the end, it, it really worked for me. And the other high in this is Jolie's performance, which is, I know it probably a, a, a lot of you are going to say is one of the biggest standouts here. Um, when she, she gets to play the evil villain, like 90% of women already think she is. And she just gets to like, uh, chew, chew the scenery a little bit. The downside for me here was the direction. And the visuals, which I have been hearing people say that the CGI was really good and the visuals were really compelling and this and that and the other thing. And I know that Robert Schromberg was like a visual director or something, but the visuals here are terrible. Um, there's a lot of weird close-ups that are just super amateurish and they belong in like some Godzilla movie and the, the CGI floating people. And there's like CGI little beings that are just off putting. And I just, I didn't get it. 
So, I mean, with all that said, it's, it's, it's very hit and miss for, it was very hit and miss for me. But if you're looking for like a 97 minute babysitter, then I noticed that Maleficent kept the attention of a lot of people that, a lot of kids and a lot of like child at heart kids that are fans of the original Sleeping Beauty. So take that for what it is. Mark? All right, so stop the presses. Marcus and I basically agree on a film. <laughs> what? What? So, no. what? Ted? What? I, Ted? No. I think Ted. <laughs> Maleficent basically answers the question can a performance be so wonderful that it saves an entire film? And in this case, yes, it can. Angelina Jolie is Maleficent, and she brings the Disney cartoon perfectly to life. I think her. Her execution has this artful physicality to it. She's clearly enjoying the role. She's got this exhilarated air about her acting, and it, that's contagious. And, you know, whether it's like an arched brow or a curl of the lips or, you know, whatever she's doing, I was there, and she definitely seizes your attention and makes the film uh, something worth watching. Uh, the problem with the film is is the cgi it's so glaringly in every single scene of this movie i mean it infects the movie and yeah. it's used indiscriminately i mean i think just to make the grass greener or the sky bluer or, or her skin more radiant I, it's like constantly in every scene it's it's completely unnecessary and there's a whole bunch of um well the worst abuse of cgi are those three flower pixies uh they're awful i mean not only is the the three characters just i didn't like the way they rendered them as this sort of bumbling comic relief which i didn't think was enjoyable or funny in any way their faces are shrunk down into a weird freakish looking face you know if this film had been done 20 years ago they would have just filmed those actresses as normal sized actresses and then just shrunk them down and had them you know, flying around the screen. I mean, like Julia Roberts in Hook is, is an example of that. And that's what they should have done. I don't, I can't stand why everything has to be, it's like they're using CGI for the sake of it. So it, that's a distracting problem with it. And then I actually, I also agree with you, Marcus, that I like Linda Wolverton's, uh, way that she, she presents a very clear and discernible story. And we can get more into the, the, uh, dramatic arc of the story. But I, I like the way that we have a very definite point of view of Maleficent. We understand her motivation. She she acts on it. I like the way that the the her relationships with various people in the film develop, and it it's it completely makes sense. So in addition to Julie's performance, I thought that the dramatic arc of the story had a very discernible point, and it it made sense, and it was clear, and it and it wasn't overly cluttered. It wasn't particularly original. I mean, there's a, a, oh. there's the dramatic sort of conclusion that actually just borrow or steals basically from frozen yeah. which now is becoming a cliche but, but i didn't i didn't fault the movie for that though i mean it could have been a cliche if they had gone the traditional route also but i thought overall i thought because of jolie the performance the uh, the movie was something worth watching sorry i didn't hear any of that i just fainted <laughs> because we were on the the same page finally yeah, but pretty much every... I mean, I pretty much agree exactly with your take on it. Wow. 
Uh, I actually had an enjoyable time with this movie. I did find some of the faults that you guys found as well. I didn't think that the visuals worked quite as well as I thought it would have, uh, especially right in the opening scenes where young Maleficent is uh, roaming around Tinseltown. Um, but it, it just looked very poorly done. Uh, all the creatures looked strangely out of place, especially some of these forest creatures that look like, uh, you know, whatchamacallits from the deep in Lord of the Rings, but uh, Ents. Balrogs. Um, Ents. Ents. Yeah, Ents slash Balrog heads. Um, but for the most part, I thought that it was a really good story just in terms of where it was taking me. So I, I agree with you guys on the writing of it, primarily because I, I didn't see that side of it coming, and I liked the way that it wasn't some contrived ending of... What? Uh, some contrived ending of, <laughs> hey, let me let let Prince Charming save the day kind of thing. Um, uh, I thought that it moved kind of quickly, though, because it, it does kind of wallow on some strange ideas, and the strange ideas are uh, Charlotte Copley's, his intense, his intensity matched with this kind of family movie, and um, there are some scenes that kind of just come out of nowhere, and I think that's kind of... Uh, Something that was a hit, or a miss, I'm sorry. But for the most part, I enjoyed it enough for it to just take me on its little storyline. I didn't really like the beginning particularly, but I liked when Jolie kind of becomes Maleficent. Um, and I thought that uh, Elle Fanning was uh, was kind of just a dumb blonde, because <laughs> she no. has some really funny lines. I know you're there. Don't be afraid. I am not afraid. Then come out. Then you'll be afraid. No, I won't. I know who you are. Do you? You're my fairy godmother. I don't. I don't agree with that. No. Well, either. In, not in terms of like she a dumb blonde. She didn't have a lot. Joke. She, was, she couldn't. She was uh, given a lot. Nobody can compete with Angelina Jolie. I mean, she's obviously the the star of the film. But I thought Elle Fanning did bring a sweetness and a and a likability that that's and she brought a sense like, of innocence to the movie. Yeah, too. her chemistry and, with Angelina Jolie really worked, which is something. I, that, I, no, that I enjoyed their kept me I enjoyed awake. their performance together. I just liked uh, one <laughs> of the scenes I'm thinking of was when she's like, "I know who you are. You're my fairy godmother." And I was like, "Ah, uh, uh, oh, Elle Fanning." But anyway, that was I, funny. Yeah, no, I thought that there were some very charming moments in the uh, movie. Yeah. The funny part is when she said, you're my fairy godmother, and then Angelina goes, what? What? Like, what? Like, or when she's funny. continuing, she's continuing to talk, and Angelina Jolie, like, blows that stuff in her face. Yes, yeah. But that's funny. Yeah, the sleep dust. Yeah. yeah. But, that's, uh, that's, uh, those are funny moments in a part, in a section of the movie that just really left me restless. I was, like, getting very bored during the middle of this movie, which is mainly my, one of my main right. issues with it. It, yeah, um, what's, Funny is like I agree with what a lot of you guys are saying. I I didn't like it that much. Um, I I'm like I was on the edge of recommending it just because I do think Angelina Jolie is easily the strongest thing in this movie and is almost worth making it you know seeing in theater. Um, the I I agree with a lot of what you guys are saying about the visual effects. I think the CG, while expensive looking, it just looks like noise. It just looks like there's like visual noise on the screen all the time, which right. makes sense for a fantasy movie like this, but at the same time, I've seen other fantasy movies like this that do that better. So it's hard it's hard to be like, man, those visuals were great because they, they aren't. They just Can kinda... I inject just something since you're mentioning it 
Yeah. That Robert Stromberg, so he's the director. He's won two Oscars for art direction, one for yeah. Avatar yeah. and Avatar and one for Alice in Wonderland. So why is I don't understand why the visuals are so bad. I mean, I, I just that, I'm just agreeing with your point that because it, he's more or less you know saying to somebody else what to do rather than handling it himself. Over. Yeah. But you think he would kind of look at it and say, no, this is not up to my standard. Redo this or something. Well, it's like like watching Transcendence and being like, huh, this movie isn't very shot particularly well, despite the fact right. that Wally Pfister, Wally you know, acclaimed singer photographer, is directing the movie. Right. <laughs> like, um, but. Uh, Back to my main thoughts, I, I I dug the first act of this movie. I had issues with it, mainly because man just seems to want to invade Fairyland for no particular reason besides, I guess, they want glowing rocks or something. I, I have no idea what they seem to <laughs> yeah, want. Yeah. But beyond that, I did like the, the setup of the character Maleficent, which, and I want to tread lightly because I'm not making light of this, but the first act ends with her basically getting raped. Like, that's right. kind of what happens, and it's really right. horrible. Right. And so... Going from that to, like, this more broad comedy that takes over the second act, it's like, all right, that's that's weird. I don't necessarily need this to be a dark movie through and through, but at the same time, there's a way to balance these kind of things, and I just don't think it ever really reached that balance in a comfortable manner. Yeah. Um, moving beyond that, I talked about the CG. I don't think any of the other characters are anything memorable beyond interactions Elle Fanning had with Angelina Jolie. Um, the the logic of this film just kept bothering me because like so Maleficent's like this all-powerful fairy creature yet there's like a point where she has to like sneak around a castle and like bluntly knock a guy out with her cane like she can't do anything like it's just (laughs) there's weird things like that like all throughout this movie like her like hanging out with Aurora the whole time while the guards are searching like everywhere except like the one place they hit her like it's just these (laughs) these What's going on with the other three fairy godmothers during all this time? Yeah, they can't ever yeah. figure this out. Like, for 16 years, they never, like, see, like, Auntie Maleficent, like, hanging out right next to, like, her window every step yeah. of the way. But those three fairies were terrible. Uh, I mean, yeah. every, you know, and and they're... Uh, let me, let, Flittle, Knotgrass, and Thistlewit. Just wanted to <laughs> make sure I got the names Thistlewit, there. and I was like, her name should be Halfwit, but whatever. It's a shame, too, because they're, I don't know if I want to impugn the actresses, but... They're played by good actresses, right? Yeah, Leslie yeah. Manville, so you, Imelda Staunton, and Juno Temple, like they're right. So you're expecting, okay, let's let's have some really great work here, and it's not, but it's not just them. It's it's also the CGI and what they're asked to do, and it's just like it's not funny what they do, and they're, they're no, just, it's not, yeah, they're and dreary. Like it's just that's it, it's it's almost like they flew in from the Alice in Wonderland movie and and showed up here and like go back to another like worse movie. <laughs> this is this is thankfully better than <laughs> Alice in Wonderland, but not by much. I mean, it's just like I, the the middle of this movie just dragged for me so much, and it, it that's ultimately what keeps me from recommending it because I as much as I want to praise Jolie and I do, I think she's fantastic in this movie beyond like her makeup, which is great, but her acting ability, she really makes right. this a sympathetic character. But the movie the movie never dragged for me though because it's only it's ninety minutes. Which I mean, is I, why I was so upset that I was like falling nearly falling asleep from this movie. It's like how is this movie that I know is going to be short that doesn't have much plot to it, much like the original Sleeping Beauty, somehow still like leaves me bored and like not. I'm wanting surprised it. that the middle was the part that dragged for you for me it was the beginning which i didn't see much point to until jolie got in the picture and she started you know her whole thing and she took over which was kind of in the middle of the movie i was i think i i admired the beginning just because i was trying to i was trying to accept the world i was trying so hard to be like man this is a neat world it never really never quite did that for me but i think the beginning not, but... was the, the beginning was the most flawed <laughs> 
I art. I can point out the flaws in the plotting of the beginning, but again, I just like I like no, the, no, no, I like I like, the... I like seeing the Maleficent, Maleficent character in the beginning. I like seeing who that was and learning about her because I don't know anything about her. In the in Sleeping no, Beauty, no, no. she's just a person. She's just like, hey, That's I'm going to be and... I'm just going to be a jerk for no reason. Like there's nothing. And the and the backstory does come back around and it makes sense, but it doesn't make. S- it doesn't have any kind of weight until probably 45 minutes into the movie, 30 minutes into the movie, until Angelina Jolie comes back and becomes vengeful and spiteful and whatever. And then you go, oh, okay, that's why I sat through that 30 minutes of just kind of blah, 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 backstory. But, and I, I get it. I got it. That, that, uh, that's... It was just kind of boring for me in the very beginning. But then I got into it once Jolie took over. Yeah, that, that yeah. scene in uh... – Maleficent appears at the christening, which is actually like the op- basically the opening scene in the cartoon. Yeah. Here yeah. It, it comes up maybe a third into the film. That's the, for me that was the best. Oh yeah, that's uh, easily scene of the whole yeah. film. Easily the highlight of the film. And yeah. you know she's walking in there, she's like, well, 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 and Wait, she's like, very good. Yeah. Well, that's that's where that tone is balanced best, I think, because you have all the all the weight that you need from the Maleficent character based on what you saw happen to her, that's which is true. horrible. I don't want to. Yeah. I, I want to emphasize how horrible I think but, things that happen yeah. to her in the beginning and, of this movie are, because they're. I mean, they're, they're not, a, they're not but, crazy. Just, but, but it is. It is. They justified her actions later on. They weren't just her actions weren't just because. You know, whatever the original story. She got spurned by she, a boy. She didn't. Yeah, whatever. What spurning you know. it. Yeah, I think I know, for, no, for a PG like, Disney movie, basic. there's a lot of yeah, subtext filled in what action happened to her. It's not as basic as like, oh, well, this boy is human and I can't be with him kind of thing. Or it's, not like, it's not like he said no and took some other girl. Right. He did something to her yeah. that's just as awful as horrible things that happened in other R-rated movies. Right, right. Like, and, and let's be clear to any parents who are listening. She is not technically raped. I mean, something happens to her, but it an adult might make that allegory, but that that's not exactly what happens to her. That yeah, pain, that's not exactly what happens. happens to her. The pain on Angelina Jolie, and again, I'm not I'm not trying to emphasize this, but I mean that's the that's the movie I watched. Where I'm like, this is but like that a was a, thing I happened. think that was a good scene though. It that, is. I, I, again, I really like the first act. I, oh, okay. I think because you see that, all justi- these, that justifies I mean, it, her. Right. It certainly adds to the motivation what happens later, and yeah, you know the it, character it, becomes Maleficent after that. Uh, well, the Maleficent that we are familiar with from the Disney animated. Well, kind of, because then it's this broad comedy, and she like her heart, you know, grows <laughs> three sizes like over the course of sixteen years, and you you understand. I get where that's coming from. It, but it's I found like, I found that fairly. I was, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't deep, but I thought that was fairly emotionally affecting. I I thought the relationship between Maleficent and uh, Aurora was genuine. I can agree with that. The... I have. I've said that. I agree that Elle okay. Fanning, I think, has a good chemistry with Angelina yeah. Jolie, and it was the things that was keeping me going during right. those whole segments, because, again, I wasn't really you know, big fan of the, the comedy going on and the fairies and the no, stuff that just didn't really do anything for me, which is why I was you know, fairly bored by most of it until it got to points later on where it was like, all right, at least something's happening now, so I can, agree, I can accept that. And then you get to the ending, though, and I'm not going to go over the entire ending, but, like, Charlotte Copley's terrible in this movie. Yeah. Again. Yeah. Well, terrible. Like, like... I agree. It's totally just strange, because he's so he's so engrossed in this task that he has to do to protect Aurora, and it's just, where is this coming from? Why well, is it? Why is this not so light and fun like the I, other part of the movie? I think like, there's, such a big, the movie. there's such a big focus on Angelina, and it's not that the horrible thing that Angelina Jolie is the focus, her name's Maleficent, it's the title of the movie, but there's such a focus on making her character work, which I think largely it does, despite some choices that like make the villain and make her the villain and hero. There's so much focus there that it just, and like I'm happy to say, yay, there's a pro-woman female movie in the midst of summer, good for you guys, way to go, but like let's write a better script, because now we just have like this one-sided thing, 
Where again, yeah, the men are evil in this movie, what have you, but yeah, there's the, not much there. Like it's just like there's like no. a, there's this there's this village there's this like whatever this kingdom that's just one castle. I assume there's other people there. They all seem to be guards. Like there's no actual population in this town, and they're just they want like fairyland for some reason. I don't know why. And when they're not looking for fairyland, they're looking for Maleficent. Except they don't know how to do that. Except attack the thorny trees. Like there's no like there's nothing else going on in this movie. Yeah, Charlotte Copley is is bad and. His character doesn't make any sense, and I don't want to. I guess I don't want to give away too many plot elements. But near the end, his character makes absolutely no sense. I mean, his relationship to his wife and his relationship to Aurora doesn't make any sense. I I, I get that he's preoccupied with trying to get Maleficent, but it's at the expense of everything else in his life. And you need to give us some explanation as to why he's becoming this bizarre character. He just doesn't. Yeah, doesn't ring true. He makes a startling transformation, but just like. It's not even explained. Yeah, and in, in his way of that, thinking. Right, and you know, Mark, you brought it up, which is he's doing it for Aurora, right? So he's preoccupied with all this maleficent getup and whatever else. But then she appears in the picture, and he's still just like, there's no fondness in his heart. It's all just like they brought you back too early, whatever, whatever, whatever. It's like this is <laughs> it's this been is the weirdest. Years, like, by the you way. are you it's are not the father of this child. Then. He hasn't seen this woman for sixteen years, and like, oh. You're, t- but you're back too soon. Yeah. Go take her away. <laughs> where, yeah. where were you again? <laughs> like, what? two things I thought of was uh, that woman who uh, was supposed to watch over uh, Aurora, and then she finds the, uh, the the tack. I was like, that woman is so fired, and she realized that too. <laughs> Can we just get to Angelina Jolie's leather pants? <laughs> I do well, like what, I like when she the... becomes Cher towards the end of this movie. <laughs> Let's get All to the best. Sudden, the best special effect in the whole movie was her cheekbones. Her cheek, yeah. Oh, no, the Rick, Rick Baker's makeup well, yeah, design in this movie is fantastic. I think it great. This great angular quality to her face that, again, adds. Like I don't. I never think the makeup or the even the giant spider horns never. They never distract from what Julie's doing as an actress. Right. But the makeup work done really do a good job of, especially in this film that we're talking about the effects that aren't that good. This is the aspect that's like at least they made the character work. Like everything about her and her costume design and her makeup that go yeah. along with the performance that Angelina Jolie's giving, which is quite good. I can't emphasize that enough. That works. Like, Maleficent works as a character. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. At least with all those, those, all those terrible uh, cl- extreme close-ups, she looks great, I guess. Oh, yeah. Her, yeah. yeah. There's, a lot of work done, there's a lot of work done to put her in silhouette, too, which I really enjoy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I you do, just brought up, too, which is, like, the, the little ticks that she does, especially, uh, you've seen it in the trailer, too, but the way that she... Uh, puts her finger up to say, you know, shh. it was actually very well done. It's very well choreographed. It's like, put your hand first, and then put your finger up. It's yeah, not we, a one-motion thing. If we need a remake of Mommy Dearest, we know to call Angelina Jolie. So <laughs> <because>. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if there's really much else that we can... Nothing that, because there's so many, like, ending things that I have issues with about this movie. But... I, I mean... Uh, you know, yeah. can I just—I don't know who's going to listen to this podcast, but I kind of want to put it out to Hollywood. Can you please use puppets for these like creatures and things like we used to do? I miss—I mean, cool. Empire Strikes Back used a puppet, and it was wonderful. And we used puppets, you know, in Labyrinth, and we used puppets in The Dark Crystal. And I just wish we could have more practical effects. I don't need to have little trolls, you know, animated in the film that look like animation. They look—they don't. Those look things like, are disgusting. 
Yeah, and they don't look like they're actually... It looks like I'm watching a cartoon. And then you see them next to Angelina Jolie, and they look even worse. Yeah, they do. So, those I mean, frog there's, things there's that, were nasty. They just throw mud at you for no reason. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what they're... Well, what, the, I mean, there's that whole opening it. battle sequence where it's like, once again, humans want Fairyland for some reason. I don't know why. For some reason. For some reason. Don't, don't question it. They just want it. They just want it. Yeah. And then it's, so we yeah, have this... the cruelty of man. So we have this giant um, LO, you know, Lord of the Rings battle between like humans racing against like tree monster guys. And yeah, that happens. Like that's that, it. That, was a, that was a giant Noah scene. Then they then they stop. Then they then they don't because I they don't know why. They never attack again. because <laughs> well, the guy falls off the horse and then he he is ill. He goes I, ill. I, I, and I, so the goal and the goal becomes instead of getting this fairyland that we have no reason to want, get Maleficent. I don't know how we'll do this because we can't seem to well, get she, fairyland. She but, embarrassed yeah. him. She embarrassed him in front of all what the I, men. That yeah. was he was like. What I love about her. that scene was that Maleficent kind of just knocks him off his horse and later he's like, guys, I'm dying. Ugh. Yeah. I was yeah. back off my horse, and now I'm dying. He was old. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> he was old. Yes. But there was... Yeah. Theoden died the same way. He just kind of got knocked off his horse. <laughs> I mean, if you want to see a, a, a film with a strong, powerful woman, this is it. I mean, she has the upper hand in every scene. No, Mark, you know. if you want to see a movie about a strong, powerful woman, go see Under the Skin. <laughs> um, uh, is that a woman? Okay. Oh, I, like, yeah, I mean, that's a good movie, too. But we're talking uh, about this one right now. So. I know. Also, this one is PG. Under the skin, you can't take the kids to, but this you could. You can take kids to better movies. <laughs> I think this is. I think this is decent. I think it's a decent movie. There's I really just... don't. You know, honestly, I haven't disagreed with anything that anyone said. Everything, everything you've said, Aaron, is valid. It's true. Uh, yeah, I, and like, I'm not. It's not like I hate this movie. I'm just right. on. Cause I, I, the, the, the biggest thing I can say, I can't say enough, is I think if you're a huge Angelina Jolie fan, this is a movie to see. You're yeah, not going like, to be disappointed. You're not going to be disappointed by Angelina Jolie. Or, She's or, doing her own. Or if you're a huge Sleeping Beauty fan. If you're a huge fan of Sleeping Beauty, there was kids that were like six or seven years old that I would have thought would be bored out of their mind, but they were Sleeping Beauty fans, and they loved it. They came in, they were going to love it, and, you know, she helped. I, you know, it is what it is. The, the fan base that comes to these movies, and it's going to come to these movies, and it's going to uh, uh, pay to see these movies, you know, they're going to like the movie. More than I, I, I guess I've, it, I can't tell you what kids are gonna like these days. All I can say is that some kids <laughs> seem to like this. Scott Mendelson and his daughter, they're a friend of the show, Scott Mendelson. His daughter was super looking forward to it, and she was bored. I mean, it's like I don't, I don't know, to, I don't know how to judge these things. Like Cars Two bored or like? I like Cars Two more. Cars Two was fun. <laughs> we like, Abe and I support Cars Two. Put that out. It was, there. A, it was a spy movie. <laughs> Under that's the skateboard. Well, that, that's a movie that that's a movie that builds on the very boring world of the first movie. And uh, we'll talk about <laughs> movies that build on their worlds in some upcoming weeks of other animated movies. But Cars do. <laughs> I'll go, I'll go to bat for Cars too to an extent, not not too much, but you know whatever. I think we can. I think we've wrapped this one up, guys. <laughs> I think we can move definitely. On. Um, so let's uh, let's go over our rating here. Um, I'm just gonna ask you guys: When should people see this movie? When should people see Maleficent? Marcus? When? When? Uh, wait until yeah. I think you can wait until DVD. Abe? I think yeah, definitely. Well, I think it's a, it's kind of like a dollar rental or a dollar theater. Mark? I'll say theater. I I would say dollar theater. I think if you're an Angelina Jolie yeah. fan, you know you'll you won't be dissatisfied of that aspect of it. But yeah, dollar theater, you could you could wait at least. Because you got to see those effects in 3D, am I right? All those dark, muddy no, effects. Definitely not. <laughs> I mean, with the dollar theater, you're not going to feel bad if you're a parent and you're just like 
this doesn't make any sense. Because it was is this gonna is this gonna is this gonna look any worse on 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 a on a you know thirty six inch TV? I don't I don't think so. No, no, it'll it'll look better because I saw this movie. (laughs) I actually saw it in IMAX three D. Really? Wow, I'm sorry. How uh, how many three D scenes did they throw at you with like mud in your face? No, it it hurts the movie because it, it it highlights the effects. It actually probably will play better on television or you know like in a dollar theater like on a normal size screen. I, that I think sure that's... wasn't great to see because the movie's so dark that's to the, begin with. The other thing, though, I mean, I, I I tend to see these Disney movies, like, again, like, at home on 3D, and they look pretty good. Like, this movie was shot in 3D. I should point that out. So that's, you know, something for that. But they, I mean, on smaller screens, they sometimes actually look better in 3D, like these, you know, kind of live-action yeah, the, the 3D wasn't. I didn't. Couldn't even tell you. Like maybe when the mud was flying, but yeah, other... I mean, it's it's there. It's not like it's rare. It's more rare that you find a movie that's you know pronouncing itself as 3D as opposed to one that just kind of has the extra dimension there. Right. You're not seeing many that you know unless it's Resident Evil. You're not seeing movies that are like throwing at you. But, uh... <laughs> Man, that's the ne- that's the next epic Marvel movie. That's... Throwing at you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. That's gonna be in scary movie four 3D. Oh god, there's there's like five scary movies. Um, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> a haunted house three maybe. A haunted, yeah, thank you. A haunted oh. house. <laughs> no, don't give him ideas, Aaron. What let's, are you doing? Uh, sorry, Marlon. Um, let's. <laughs> we know let's, that he listens to the show. I know, yeah. Marlon loves this. Marlon and Damon Wayans Jr. Not Damon Wayans though. He hates us. Damon Wayans Jr. We love you, dude. Yeah, the last Please make guy. the distinction. Yeah, make that distinction. Moving on, let's get to our movie callback. Callback, callback, callback. This is where we talk about some movies that we might have thought of during or after said main film review. Um, with that said, Mark, any uh, movies come to mind? Well, you know, Alice in Wonderland and Oz the Great and Powerful. Um, and then also Snow White and the Huntsman. And that's a good comparison because this movie is immense. I mean, it's, is better. It, it's immensely better than that film. And, it, and it's, it's it, because there was, other than uh, Charlize Theron, who was good in the film, there was no characters to really get interested in that one, but here you've got Angelina Jolie, so that's you know it's definitely better. That's both so scored by uh, both scored by James Newton Howard, by the way. Just playing that out, no reason. Hmm. I did like the Lana Del Rey song, by the way. I do like that song quite. Her take yeah, on I, the Pine Dream. You know what though? I I, I, I wish they had. Pl- I wish it could have. This could have almost been a musical, like if they had sung it in the because in the original cartoon she sings it. Uh, She's in the forest and she's singing. It's it saying to a lot. Yeah, they sing an owl. Song. Yeah, like like they're it's like pretending to be her prince charming. And I was singing. I was waiting for the maleficent Rocky montage scene featuring Once Upon a Time in Dream. Once a, Once Upon a Dream. <laughs> I, I really thought that was gonna happen at some point, but whatever. Uh, Marcus, any uh, movie callbacks? Uh, I would say Snow White and the Huntsman as well, and Mirror Mirror because they were both better than this. And those those are the recent flops in live action. Uh, uh, or, or remakes or retellings or re whatever the hell. Um, yeah, I would say I would say that. Also, uh, Gone in sixty seconds because Angelina Jolie's in it, and I I haven't seen that for a while, so yeah, there you go. We should make that. I want to turn that into a segment. <laughs> that like, is like, that is a callback. Movie stars you love and movies you should see now or something like we gotta we're yeah. gonna tinker around with that one. Tinker Tinker oh. Sword Spy it. <laughs> I didn't think of this. It was in a, I read it in a review, but I'll also mention Abel Ferrara's Ms. 45. That's a call. Wow. <laughs> wow. Okay. But I thought that was particularly appropriate. So. I got to put that in the show notes because that's funny to me. <laughs> <laughs> Abe, any callbacks? 
and and gone in sixty seconds. And gone in yeah, sorry. <laughs> gone. In, I'm writing it down. Gone in sixty seconds. <laughs> Abel Ferraris. <laughs> this forty-five. Okay, Abe. Any callbacks? Certainly, Snow White and the Huntsman, as well as uh, Mark mentioned, uh, Frozen and Brave, uh, as well as the animated uh, uh, Sleeping Beauty. I had a uh, Snow White and the Huntsman, Stardust, and the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, interesting. Elizabeth Salander and Maleficent, they could fight battles I, together. No, I get you, I get you. They could I fight you. battles. Oh Don't want to mess yeah. with them. Are you? By the way, are you guys like? Have you guys seen Sleeping Beauty like recently? And I'll believe it. Let me not. let me add yeah. this to this. I haven't seen Sleeping Beauty in like twenty years, and I watched it on Friday on when did I see it? I saw Maleficent on Wednesday. I saw I watched it on Thursday. And it's like, all right, that's a movie. Like, it's it's the art's great in it, the the artwork and whatnot, which is what you expect from Disney hand drawn animated movies. But like, yeah, yeah, the movie's like fine. Like, I like the dragon. <laughs> I like seeing that. <laughs> but I I think that is what sells them. I I haven't seen it in a long time, but I I, I remember it quite well. And uh, it's it has some of the most beautifully animated images ever. It really does. It, yeah. Yeah. So that's what sells it. That was actually during in an era where Disney. I mean, I think like Sword in the Stone came out around that time. And Robin Hood, those are not good movies. Sipping Beauty is actually whoa, better. Whoa. Robin Hood no. is a good. Robin movie. Hood is a good movie. No, yeah. it's it's I the Jungle Robin Book. Hood. They basically took all the characters from the they Jungle Book. I, I like the Jungle Book. Uh, yeah, I, I I like that they did that. I like their take on Robin Hood. It's better than Robin Hood Kevin Costner's. Right? <laughs> yes, that is very true. Well, I I like Sipping Beauty better than those two movies. That's no. fair. I mean, and I but I do I do agree the not fair. No. I do I do agree the artwork is quite good in it. Moving on, let's get to our sponsor. Each week's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. You can get a free audiobook download at audibletrial.com. So shout out podcast. There are over 150,000 titles to choose from for your Android, iPhone, Kindle, or MP3 player. And for the listeners about now, Theron and Abe, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. Abe, do you have a book to recommend? I do. It's called Sleeping Beauty and Other Classic Stories. Woo! It's written by the Grimm Brothers, and it's uh, 4 hours and 13 minutes. You can get it for free. That, that, thanks. You can get it for free. You can get that book for free or any other book you find at audibletrial.com. So shout out podcast. You can download a book for free. Try out their service for 30 days. If you don't like the service, you can get rid of it, but you get to keep the book that you downloaded for free. So with that said, audibletrial.com. So shout out podcast. Be a winner. Read or listen. I, I actually like that slogan. <laughs> Be a winner and read. Or listen. Or listen. I'm going to write that now. I'm going to write that one. <laughs> Be a winner, colon, read, exclamation point, or listen, exclamation point. I hope that's all cut out. Maybe some grammatical <laughs> errors in that. We'll fix that. I like it. No, like, we got to say the colon every time we use it now. <laughs> colon, Donna Justice. Um, which I'm sure because Mark Hoban was such a huge fan of Man of Steel that he can't wait for Batman v Superman, colon, Dawn of Justice. Oh, God. Uh, let's do a little out now feedback. Feedback! That was a microphone going into the the speaker there. Nothing is better than the joke of you explaining <laughs> what the feedback sound that you're making is. I have to make sure people understand, like Marcus. You like you I, can easily I, just do I, like some like you edit this podcast. You could uh, you could edit God. the thing to sound like it's feedbacky, but you just tried to oh, explain wow. the joke. Yeah, we're, we're like Wayne like... Garth. We're doing it from our basement, man. Um, favorite Disney villain, I think, is the question that Abe's going to read the answers to right now. Yeah, Ruben writes Jafar from Aladdin. Pretty good villain there. Uh, Adam writes Charles Mintz. Tyler writes Stinky Pete never wanted to cause so much physical harm to a fictional character until him. Wow. Uh, Crenshaw writes Bowler Hat Guy, a.k.a. Michael Goob 
Yagubian from Meet the Robinsons. April writes Ursula from The Little Mermaid. Abel Ferrara? What? Nothing. Go on. <laughs> Jason writes Hector Barbosa and Davy Jones. Uh, and Ken, tall Ken, writes, uh, I've got to hand it to Gaston. After all, every inch of him is covered in hair. Need I say more? No, really, you don't. <laughs> I like the, um, I like the, what's the villain in Mulan? Like, something Khan, like some Khan. Uh, like. Isn't it just Genghis Khan? No, it's not Genghis Khan. Mulan didn't kill Genghis Khan. <laughs> I'm going to look it up. It's like a descendant of Khan. It's a Mongolian. That's what it is. <laughs> what? What about <laughs> Ursula? Ursula said April. April said Ursula. Oh, I okay. I, who to cast this? I you know I said this the other day. <laughs> it's uh, it's Shan Yu. Shan Yu. Okay. Shan Yu. Oh, I was, I was, we were talking about this after the Maleficent screen the other day. Who would we cast as like live action Ursula? I said Monique. I think that's just Monique. <laughs> Academy Award winner Monique is Ursula. In, like, The Last Mermaid or something, like, some crazy title. The Last <laughs> some kind of title. All right. Moving on. Who would you, who, speaking of which, who would you cast as villains in a live-action version of Disney films? Larry has Depp, De- Johnny Depp for Hook. That's too easy, almost. Um, Jim Dietz has Ava Green as Cruella DeVille. Cruella DeVille. Um, Melissa McCarthy as Ursula. Alan Rickman as Shere Khan. That's pretty good. That is good. What if it was just like there was Jungle Book, but everyone's people, like there's no animals? <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking about that right now. It's just, like, Rick he's just walking around. the woods, like hello, hello. Mowgli. <laughs> <laughs> Jason has Hugh Jackman as Gaston. That's pretty good. I'd watch the hell out of that movie right away. Hugh That's Jackman. Hugh ja- he can he can sing the hell out of that part, like juggle, and he could probably yeah. eat like ten dozen. He probably eggs. does eat twelve dozen eggs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Dennis has Ron Perlman as Beast. Oh, wait. Good one, Dennis. Yeah. That was funny. <laughs> that made me laugh. <laughs> Look up Ron Perlman and Beauty and the Beast. Okay. <laughs> and then, uh, we asked, what are some fantasy movies that you love the look of, whether it's something like Legend or something animated like Sleeping Beauty? April writes, The Lord of the Rings series. Okay. Jim has Final Fantasy Advent Children. I love the magic tech mashup look. Corey has Disney's Atlantis. I love Mike Ming. Mignola's designs for the movie. He's the artist of Hellboy. And Brandon has Monty Python, the Holy Grail. Yes. Serious answer. I like all of those answers. Those are all like very diverse and cool. I like it. Can I, can I answer? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Anything by Tarsem. So Immortals, nice. The Fall, yes. The, the fall. Cell, Mirror Mirror, all of them. I think the look of those movies is extraordinary. Man, what's Tarsem up to? Hope it's something better than Immortals. But yeah, it's a uh, yeah, definitely great visual stuff. Him and you know Robert Stromberg. <laughs> no, but Tarsem does everything practical, or at least you know puts emphasis on the practical aspect as well as like, hey, I'll use CG kind of. He's uh, actually, I just looked him up. He's coming out in 2015, a movie called Selfless, and it's a sci-fi thriller. It's got Ryan Reynolds, Matthew Good, Ben Kingsley. That sounds yeah, promising. all right, cool. Ryan Reynolds does need a hit. What are you talking about? He was just in. No, R R A P D. There we go. That's yeah. That's oh, future you really? Okay. Future classic. That was R-A-P-D. that was worth the wait. Anyway, <laughs> he um, was in the Crudes. The Crudes, yeah. And he was in Turbo, your favorite, Aaron's favorite animated film from Man. 2013. Oh Steam rising off my head right now. <laughs> given given that Jolie's been off screen um, since before we started this podcast, but she's now back with Maleficent. What is your favorite Angelina Jolie movie? Ibn Renee. Has Girl Interrupted, Salt, and the Bone Collector. Philip has Salt. Scott has Starring Vehicle, The Changeling. Anything, Kung Fu Panda 2. 
I actually agree with uh, the Changeling. I think she's I think she's rather fantastic in that movie. Um, that's kind of my go-to for like this is Angelina Jolie acting as well. Um, Brandon has Pushing Tin, Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow, Today, and A Mighty Heart. Uh, that's the only way I refer to that movie, uh, which I like quite a bit. That's a commentary right there, Sky Captain. Um, Adam has Girl Interrupted and Salt, and Joshua has Gia, Hands Down, which is the worst two words you could add at the end of Gia when you're a guy praising Angelina Jolie. <laughs> We then move to some questions here. Izzy asks us, are there definitive rules when it comes to movie time travel? I think that what we saw from Looper was, no, there are no yeah. definitive rules. It'd take too long to saw, draw all these straws and stuff. No, there are no definitive rules. That's the, that's the joy of, that's the, the joy of these, that's the joy of movies like this that have flexible rules and have their, like, same with like vampire movies. They all have different ways of going about how to explain what this thing is that, you know, matters in the movie. <laughs> yeah. A sure you, way. I was just going to say, a sure way to, you know, make sure you don't enjoy a film is if you go into a time travel movie and you say, now this better all add up. And if it doesn't. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And if you want to, if you want to take your the best logic of time travel, it, go watch Primer. And the logic of like, time travel, maybe. which does not exist, better make sense or else. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Philip, ha- Philip asks, what's a movie that you like that seems to get better and better upon subsequent viewings? That's a fun question. That, I need that to think is a fun question. I, I have to think about that for a second here. Oh, um, Batman Begins. Uh, I tend to watch that not fairly often, but just every so often. Like, this is a fun movie. It gets better and better upon on uh, subsequent viewing. Can I can I give an answer? Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, Prisoners. Actually, I've seen it for like the third or fourth time now, and it's it's gotten much better than I, I gave it a good review, you know, above average review, but it's gotten much better. I would, I would add, um, let's see, I, I, Safety Got Guaranteed is a movie that's grown on me quite a bit because I've seen it a number of times since initially seeing it, where I gave it like I think a three and a half at the time, but I've since I'd give it like a four, maybe four and a half at this point just because I really enjoy that movie. Uh, Hannah was one where I really liked Hannah and then I loved it even more at the end of the year, which is why I put it on my top ten when I went thinking that I'd do that um, earlier on. Um, and uh, Warm Bodies. Um, that movie's come on, that movie comes on like all the time on HBO and all the time I'm like watching it. Like I'll just sit down and be like, if it's on, I'll be like, all right, yeah, let's do this. And I just really enjoyed that movie. We gave it positive yeah. reviews when it came out. Yeah, I liked it. It's just like, I seem to keep liking it and like it more for different reasons now. Yeah. You know, I, I, this isn't my definitive answer, but a movie that seems to be on a lot and I've caught it several times simply because it was on TV and that's Clueless. And it seems oh, to yeah. hold up. It, I, and it's not a movie that I seek out, but it always seems to be on television, and I often find myself watching it, and I always enjoy it. So I guess I would say that. And then we asked a question about – or I'm sorry. And then Izzy asked us another question. Can you picture another long-running franchise such as the Fast and Furious one? Um, let's see. Another long-running franchise such as the Fast and Furious one, which is apparently going up to ten movies. Um, and for whatever reason, that excites me. <laughs> um, I was talking about that with Brandon the other day because I didn't realize that they had it actually mapped out to go like ten. And it's like that's I, I, it's weird how like involved I am with that franchise and how much I'm like happy to support it. Um, They'd have to do time travel in that one to bring Han back, right? Uh, I mean, they got Kurt they Russell, so did. I'm good. I don't need Han yeah. anymore. Um, can you picture <laughs> another long-running franchise? What else is? Go- I mean, like Mission Impossible seems to keep going. Um, They're only on five though. That's five, Abe. How many, how many know, movies have five that you want oh, to man. keep seeing more of that keep getting better? Like, Ninja Turtles has, if you counted all of them... They have five. Like they five will have five. Well, um, I mean, the Marvel stuff's going to keep going. I guess I guess once DC gets their ducks in a row, or whatever they call ducks over there, I mean, that, they'll probably have plenty of things going on. Um, 
I don't. I don't uh, think so. I mean that that franchise is. It's not that it's bulletproof, but I don't think that people have enough uh, care, I guess, for ten unless it's like a super beloved movie. I mean, Step Up is at four right now. It'll be at five. It'll be at five. Wow. Okay, so. What I about mean, what about uh what about the Hobbit? I think they can they can squeeze about ten more movies out of that <laughs> that little small ass book. I think they found like four paragraphs that Tolkien wrote somewhere <laughs> turning into six movies. Out <laughs> so. in like the, the it's the it's the Tom Bombadil trilogy since everyone bitches about not being any Tom Bombadil in these damn Hobbit movies. <laughs> he's so happy and fun and he just sings and takes care of the forest. Tom Bombadil Adventures starring. <laughs> Starring uh, Andy Serkis. <laughs> Starring Andy Serkis as himself. Yeah, finally. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. Uh, George asks, using oh my God, using this week's hosts slash guests, who would you marry, screw, and kill? I'm just gonna say Abe, hey, Abe, come on, and Abe. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. I will. Uh, I will decline this question. Until another time. Oh yeah, I, to be more specific, I said Abe kill, Abe kill, and Abe kill. That'd be the uh, ah, that's my yeah. uh, my line of reasoning there. Everyone already knows that though. Well, now they know it some more. Now they know it some more. Exactly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that was out now. Feedback. Feedback. Thank all you listeners for uh you know adding in a response to our questions there over at the Facebook page, facebook.com slash out now podcast. So I I I was gonna point this out, Abe. We don't use the Twitter for, like, feedback very often, mainly because Facebook just seems to be where it's at. But yeah. I'd be happy to. It's just more of I need, like, more people to respond on Twitter. I know we have a lot more followers. We've gotten a lot gotten, of tweets. Yeah. We don't, but we've gotten a lot. We have a lot of followers now compared to, like, a month ago. Yes. Um, so, like. Working on it. I guess, you know, tweet us if you'd like us to ask these questions on, on, uh, on the Twitter page, and we'd be happy to, you know, try to make the effort to put that out there as well. It's just hard to keep track of everything going on. So. Yeah. All right, so now let's move on. Now let's uh, let's uh, what time is it? Oh, Aaron, I think that it's time for some uh, some games. That was very <laughs> melodic this week. That was well done, sir. Well, you know, once upon a dream, I uh, was going to be a <laughs> professional xylophone player, but uh, Did that intro get freaking longer? freaking Weird Al Yankovic took his accordion and was like, I'm going to make that into a thing. <laughs> Classic him. Um, I do have a game. It's taking forever to load, so give me a second. Here it is. It is. This is called. And I, you know, I almost think that we might have did this before. I can't be certain though. Um, but this is called the hardest Disney quiz you'll ever take. All right. Uh, this is a quiz oh, I found great. online. This is a quiz. This is a quiz I found online, and you guys basically just. I'm gonna read. I'm gonna read a question. It has multiple choice answers, and you all three get to guess. And we'll just go to however – there's like 25 of these questions. We'll just go however long it takes you to get like seven of them, right? One of you to get seven. All right. right? Let's do, do this. Okay. Here we go. We've we got to buzz in, right? No. Everyone gets the answer because it's multiple oh, choice. okay. Here we go. What were Mickey and Minnie's original names? Mortimer and Manulia, Nicholas and Minerva, Mortimer and Minerva, or Nicholas and Manulia? C. Mortimer and Minerva. <laughs> Okay, yeah, let's see. Uh, I will say, uh, yeah, I'll say Mortimer and Minerva. You're all right. You all yes! got that right. <laughs> yeah. Good job, Good job team. Good start. Good start. I was sure about Mortimer. I didn't know Minnie. Yeah. Here we go. What was oh, the team. working title to Fantasia? Fantasmic, the concert feature, Disney's Concert Magic, or The Sorcerer's Apprentice? Disney's Concert Magic. I would say that, see? Uh... I will say 
The Sorcerer's Apprentice. The concert feature. Mm. I got that one. <laughs> Here's the next one. What did Aladdin steal from the marketplace? A loaf of bread, a rug, a tiny hat, or an apple? A loaf of bread. The bread. Yeah, bread. That is correct, is the bread. I feel like that's like the leeway question to like get you back on track when you're like, oh man, this is really hard. This is hard. That's the one, one I knew. Here's the next one. In Pinocchio, who called Jiminy Cricket a grasshopper? Lampwick, the Blue Fairy, Pinocchio, or Stromboli? Uh, I've never Lampwick? actually seen that movie. You never seen Pinocchio? Yeah, I'm gonna say what? the Blue Fairy. I know. I feel like it's you sorry. have, and you just don't remember. Quite hey. possibly the greatest Disney film ever. It's one of Maxwell's favorite uh... movies of all time. I mean, I remember watching Geppetto with Drew Carey. Yeah, I didn't watch that either. <laughs> I'm gonna say the Blue Fairy. I'll say Lampwink. Yeah. It's Lampwink. Mm. Mark and Marcus get the point. Yes. Here's the next one. What was Wall-E's favorite musical? Who knows this offhand? Um, I... Singing in the Rain. No. Uh... Okay, I'll read the answers. Showboat, Meet Me in St. Louis, Bye Bye Birdie, or Hello Dolly. Oh, oh. Me, me, uh, hell, I'll say Hello Dolly. I'm going to follow Mark. Yeah. I'm going to give only Mark the answer, because he's... No, not that. Come on. <laughs> Okay, okay. I shouldn't have said, I always said, oh, yes, I'll say hello, Dolly. Yeah. <laughs> you should use that voice more, too. <laughs> uh, okay, here's the next one. What's Boo's real name? What is Boo's real name for Monster Inc.? Mary, Susie, Sally, or Cindy? I'm guessing Susie. I'm going to say Cindy. Actually, I want to say Cindy. I'm going to rescind my answer and say Cindy. Okay. Uh... Mary, Susie, Sally, Cindy. Uh, I'll say Mary. Mary is the correct answer. Mm. Abe. Stick, Sorry. You didn't even stick to your original guns. They were still wrong. <laughs> the song, Where Do I Go From Here, is in which animated sequel? That's a terrible question. Pocahontas 2, The Little Mermaid 2, Aladdin, and The King of Thieves, featuring the return of Robin Williams, or The Lion King 2. I remember uh, that uh, King of Thieves was pronounced as like being special because Robin Williams came back to the voice for the genie. I'm going to say The Little Mermaid 2. I'm going to say Pocahontas 2. Say Aladdin 2. Pocahontas 2. And Aladdin 2 was Return of Jafar, Marcus. King of Thieves is the third Aladdin feature. Get it right. Was that the... Oh, God. (laughs) Uh, Was that the the Family Guy one, or was uh, Aladdin, like, five Jafar gets glasses or something? (laughs) (laughs) Mark only needs one more to win. All right. We're keeping score? I'd say yeah. Seven. Oh my yeah, God. keeping score. You're not far behind. I don't know. How many bows are on the skirt of Cinderella's pink dress? Two, oh. three, four, or five? Three. Three. Uh, I'll say three. It is two. Mm. Okay. What was Walt Disney's first live-action feature? The story of Robin Hood and his merry men, Treasure Island, the Shaggy Dog, or the Sword and the Rose? Jesus. Did you repeat those words quickly? The story of Robin Hood and his merry men, Treasure Island, the Shaggy Dog, or the Sword and the Rose? The Treasure Island. Yeah, I'll go with that one. I I will say the same thing. It actually is Treasure Island. I think Mark wins. Mark does win the game. So good for you, Mark. Good job, buddy. Let Let me find one of my favorite questions in here. Um... This, here's, here's one that I wanted to ask and just see if you guys knew without me reading them. Which was the only dwarf that didn't sing hi-ho? Uh, the one who doesn't talk ever. Dopey. Yeah, Sleepy. Dopey. It is Dopey. 
Yeah, yeah he doesn't. Uh, a, a lot of people would think grumpy, I think, but no. Dopey. Nah, man, that guy's leading the charge on stuff. <laughs> I don't think he. I don't think Dopey ever said anything. No, he doesn't talk. Uh, I don't think he ever says anything. His he, name is he Dopey. He gets two kisses because <laughs> he cuts in line, back in line. She's just like, okay, I guess this guy's creepy. Okay, so that's done. That's the games. <laughs> games. <laughs> Let's do a little. No, how many points? Wait, how many points did I get? How many? Did, did you really want to know? Not enough to no, win. I can, I can tell you. Um, you have one, two, three, four. You have four. Okay, that's good. That's, that's good. good. You get to you get to come back to the podcast eventually. Okay. Woo! Oh my god! Thank God. Abe's on the rope every week, but you get I, to come. Like, <laughs> I gotta get back in my game horse. Whatever that means. I, I don't know what that means, and I don't care. Let's do a little ad now. Presents what's out now. These are new movies coming out on Blu-ray, DVD, or streaming this week. We have a few here. Uh, first up is Lone Survivor. Uh, yeah. I'm I'm kind of bummed out that it did get that Academy Award nomination over Rush. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we also get RoboCop. Opening fresh wounds. Thank you. Oh. <laughs> Speaking of fresh wounds, RoboCop comes out this week. Uh, uh, I never saw it. So... And <laughs> speak, <laughs> speaking of false prophets, Son of God comes out this week. <laughs> I um, think that that was also free on the National Discovery Channel or something like that, right? Well, it was, you know, part of the Bible. Ah, yes. Yeah, the movie, the, on the History the, Channel. The, the, his, the movie, the Bible, and just right. edited into a movie. Um, Attack on Titan. I know there's a lot of anime fans out there that really like right. Attack on Titan. That comes out, like, like Volume 1 or something like that. A lot of TV here. Workaholic Season 4. True Blood Season 6, Falling Sky Season 3. So any of those shows, they're out there, guys, this week. Go get them if you're fans of those things. I actually like Falling Skies. I think I'm one of the 19 people that still watches that show. And it still, you know, comes back every year, so something's happening. Um, Let's see. Oh, and lastly, uh, this movie Ravenous comes out this week on a special uh, Blu-ray from Scream Factory, which is a, the company that does a lot of kind of obscure movie properties. And that's a movie I really like with Guy Pearce and Robert Carlyle that I can wholly recommend because I really love Ravenous. So I just wanted to throw that Robert out there. Robert Carlyle. Wow. I'm super excited about finally getting that movie on Blu-ray because I've had the DVD for way too long and it does not look that great. <laughs> uh, let's talk about next week's show. We're going to talk about Edge of Tomorrow with Tom Cruise and Emily Looper Blunt back, caught, what, back in another time, caught back in another time loop. Um, I've heard nothing but great things about this movie, so I'm actually really excited about seeing my favorite sci-fi movie geek, Tom Cruise, starring in another sci-fi movie. <laughs> Isn't it weird that Tom Cruise, the man that actually believes in aliens, is the one that gets the most flack for making sci-fi movies? What can I say, man? Life is weird. Well, yeah, that's uh, next week's, <laughs> that's next week's plan. Um, what else comes out next week? I think, um, let's see, the Cancer of the Movie, I mean, Fault, The Fault in Our Stars comes out next uh Next week as well. Um, and what, what else? Yeah, that's those are things that are happening in the cinema. It's weird to not do box office because like I feel like I need to pander more to what we're talking about. Nah, next week. I don't have to. So, um, so with all that said, before we end the show, I want to do our news segment though, a real quick one. What should people go see in theaters right now? So, what's out in theaters that you think people? What's the thing that you'd recommend wholeheartedly for people to go see, Marcus? Um, any movie that's in that's in theaters now. I know you uh, gave five uh, stars to something last week. Oh, uh, what the hell did I give five stars to? <laughs> oh, X Men, of course. You're putting me on the spot. Damn it, X Men. Yeah, X Men's great. If you haven't seen it, go see it. If you've seen it, see it again. It's great. Mark, uh, I'll go with Godzilla. It's it's probably my favorite summer blockbuster of the uh, summer. So, Abe. 
I feel with Aaron's pick from last week, mm-hmm. and uh, I'd say Chef. I'm going to see it later this afternoon, but I was going to watch it yesterday, except it was sold out because <laughs> all these old people over in Palo Alto were, gonna, were watching it. From James Franco's Palo Alto? Yes, from James Franco's Palo Alto. There's no old people in that movie. Um, I'll say Neighbors. <laughs> I don't want to repeat myself, so I'll say Neighbors. Um, I do think the movie is quite hilarious, and uh, I actually do want to see it again at some point. Cool. It's been almost two months. All right. So with all that said, that is going to do it for this week's episode of Out Now with Aaron and Abe. You can find more of my work on my personal blog, thecodeazeek.com. You can find all my written movie reviews as well as at whysoblue.com for all my Blu-ray reviews. You can also find me at twitter.com slash aaronsps4. Abe? You can find more fun stuff at walrusmoose.blogspot.com and twitter.com slash walrusmoose, hashtag beep. Uh, Marcus? Uh, you can follow me on movies at moviesmarcus on Twitter and on my examiner.com page. And Mark? And uh, you can follow my reviews on my personal blog, fastfilmreviews.com, and you can also follow me on Twitter, Mark underscore Hoban. Great, and with all that, you can also find all the other episodes about now with Aaron and Abe on iTunes and at Stitcher, as well as hhwlod.com, where you can find our show there along with the other fine shows on that podcast network, including the Walking Dead TV podcast, the Long Box of Doom, and other shows about comics and games and fun stuff like that, including actually the 24, the Jack and Chloe Adventure cast, which has Brandon, Maxwell, and myself talking about the new episodes of 24 on Fox on a weekly basis. You can also find our episodes over at outnow.podomatic.com, as well as soundcloud.com slash outnowpodcast. And of course, outnowpodcast at gmail.com. Let us know your thoughts on Maleficent or other Disney-related movie properties that have come out of late like, I guess, Frozen. I can't think of any other. <laughs> million dollar arm. Get those, get those million late, dollar arm. Get those yeah, late yeah. million dollar arm reviews. In there. Go help Abe out with his dark horse. I, I, oh, I, my God. Abe's dark. Abe's picks are getting... Abe. I was going to say, I didn't want to... This may not be part of the podcast, but Abe, your picks. Blended, million dollar arm. Yeah. You're wow. going to yeah, not looking pretty. Meanwhile, pretty boy made seventy million at the box office this weekend and has a good word it's of mouth. Even, so I, my my pick for that being like number four, right? it's like it's a possibility. You can also interact with us over at Facebook.com/slash/outnowpodcast, or you can tweet at us. Again, tweet at us with any comments or questions. Twitter.com/slash/outnow_podcast. And of course, outnowpodcast.tumblr.com. Follow us there. You can catch a lot of the pictures and whatnot that we post on that page. As well as our voicemail line, feel free to leave us a voicemail at 972-798-3830. That is 972-798-3830. You can leave us an audio message, and we might be happy to play it on our show if it's a cool question or something like that. Yeah, or if you guys are just singing I Know You. Or Once Upon a Dream, of course. Once Upon a Dream, yes. All right. Hey, Mark, Marcus, thank you guys for coming on the show this week. Thank you, guys. Yeah, thanks. Always a pleasure. For sure. And until next time when we get caught in the loop where we have to live, die, repeat, live, die, repeat, live, die, repeat, we I will love shampoo. see you guys later. So, so long. And goodbye. I know you. I walked with you once upon a dream. I
they wanted masturbation jokes. They wanted all that stuff like that. And those things come, but it's a lot of like observational. Yeah. Those, the, um, it's a lot of observation. Well, 